If you want to pay off high interest debt faster, it's time to refinance with American Financing, America's home for home loans. Get a free mortgage review and learn about custom loans that can save you up to $1,000 a month. If you start soon, you may close in as fast as 10 days. Call 866-886-2026. That's 866-886-2026. Or visit AmericanFinancing.net. NMLS 182334, NMLS When people have a craving to explore new and traditional Asian cuisines, they head to P.F. Chang's, where scratch-made dishes come from the 2,000-year-old tradition of wok cooking. P.F. Chang's wanted to explore new possibilities for their website. They turned to AmericanEagle.com. AmericanEagle.com re-architected P.F. Chang's website, integrating multiple third-party systems to create a unified digital experience. The results? Improved page speed and performance, personalized content based on users' location, intuitive online ordering, and increase in organic search visibility and a 40% increase in new users. For scratch-made Asian cuisine, visit your local P.F. Chang's or go to pfchangs.com for website design, development, digital marketing, and hosting that produce efficiency, revenue, and results. Visit AmericanEagle.com. P.F. Chang's and AmericanEagle.com. Another example of the best businesses in the world. Turning to the best in the business for websites, go to AmericanEagle.com or call 877-WEBNOW1. That's 877-WEBNOW1. For the latest on the Kansas City Royals, keep it right here on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. Can I ask you about your your group of pitchers? One of the things that's fun to watch is basically anytime Zach talks about pitching, whether it's on a mound or in the clubhouse, it's like a, it's an event. You guys feel like some energy with all the young guys together? Everyone says that we're kind of young, but we're all team, and so we're going to go out there and just keep competing and try to win each and every game. Wichita's 100,000 watt sports powerhouse. ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. You're in the Can Equip Case IH Red Zone Hour on the Shane Dennis Show on ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. All right, welcome back, Hour 2. Shane Dennis Show, Jack Johnson alongside, one hour one, one hour down, one to go. And it's Tuesday, so we need to catch up with Jordan Foote. All things Kansas City sports, deputy editor at Arrowhead Report. And do you find this a little bit weird, Jordan? It's kind of tweener time. You know, it's not quite the draft yet. It's not quite baseball season yet. And uh, Andy Reid and Brett Veach did talk at the Combine, so that gives us a little bit more Chiefs fodder. But it's a little bit of purgatory when it comes to you and uh, sports and where your head goes right now? Yeah, it's a little weird. And I, I think I've I've taken advantage of this time to kind of find a little bit of downtime and hang out as much as possible. I know that the NFL calendar really doesn't have any true uh, dead pockets even during the offseason. This is about as close as you're going to get, though. Um, but I've also kind of recommitted to college basketball and NBA, so – I'm a big hoops nerd. I'm a big golf nerd. So I've been trying to follow those as much as I can. I think that when you don't have as much as baseball, you don't have as much football to follow, you kind of find other interests that open up a little bit more time. In listening to Brett Veach, uh, what did you take away when it came to maybe where he tipped his hand where the Chiefs will look in the draft and or free agency? Not necessarily who in particular, but in, in what in what uh, position group did he tip his hand? 
I don't think he did. I think him and Andy Reid did a really good job of kind of just sitting out. And the, Brett Beach has gotten better at it over the years. He he came in in his first couple years as GM. He would basically tell you what he was going to do. I mean, if you wrote <laughs> down what he was saying, you'd say, well, I know what this Brett Beach guy is all about. I know where he's going to go, who he's going to target, who he wants to draft, all that good stuff. Now he has gotten very, very good and Patrick Mahomes is great at this as well, and Andy Reid is the king of it, saying a ton of stuff without really saying anything at all. And I think Brett Veach did that for the most part. I think wide receiver is the group that jumped out to me, specifically whether it's free agency or the draft. And because the free agent market is so poor this offseason, I would think that means maybe the draft is where they're thinking. Um, then you're looking at when you factor in Kadarius Tony. You factor in Sky Moore, they would effectively be adding a wide receiver in three consecutive drafts in the top, let's say, 100 picks probably because Tony was a first-round pick, Moore was a second-round pick. Um, and I know they traded for Tony, but, you know, people work with me here. Um, adding, there's a ton of wide receiver talent this year. Like the high-end superstar talent isn't there, but there's a bunch of depth. I think he talked about Orlando Brown. He talked about Frank Clark, and we can peel those layers back as we go. Um, but I think in terms of the draft, I think wide receiver is the big one. And then free agency, I didn't really get many vibes from him. It seems like they're kind of looking to open up some cap space and see what happens. I think they're also considering maybe bring back the guys they have and then kind of insulate depth around that. You bring up uh, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony largely because uh, so did they. Uh, Andy Reid said more would be expected from those guys. Uh, if you had to define that, Jordan, how would you? What exactly more from Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony could we see next year? I think with Kadarius Tony, you're just looking at a full season of health, um, you know, or crossing your fingers for a full season of health. He's a guy that didn't play a ton even when he was out on the field. And then Sky Moore played 29% of offensive snaps. Like these are guys that they just didn't get on the field a ton and they didn't really have many opportunities to take advantage of. And Tony obviously did a lot more with his playing time than, than Moore did. Um, he played 23% of offensive snaps in his seven games. So I think you're going to see Tony maybe have a starting role on this Chiefs team and actually be playing big snaps and, Maybe he's never a true 75% snap guy, but if they can get him up to half, maybe, and he's your Z receiver, your Tyree Hill type receiver doing those things, or if he's just McCole Hardman with a couple more vertical opportunities and a couple more trust balls from Patrick Mahomes, I think he can do more than McCole Hardman did. Like This is a guy that can have a thousand all-purpose yards on offense. I think he's going to maybe get a little bit more involved in the jet sweep stuff, the screen pass game, the RPO game. I expect Tony to take a leap again if he's healthy. Um, and then Sky Moore, I think Sky Moore is a good football player. And the underlying metrics of his separation and his yards per route run, like when he got out there, he was visibly standing out and visibly getting open. And there were a couple instances where he didn't shallow out some routes and he showed some rookie mistakes, but he stepped up when the Chiefs needed him to most, and that was in games. He had, I forget which game it was, where he stepped up and had a couple late uh, fourth quarter catches. And then obviously in the AFC Championship and the Super Bowl, he played really well when he was out on the field. So 
Tony, I expect to be a starter. I could see Sky Moore getting starter-level reps for the Chiefs in 2023. Um, I kind of thought that's what they brought him in to do, be like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three type. It also depends on what they do in free agency, man, because if they don't bring back Juju Smith-Schuster and you're looking at MVS, Kadarius, Tony, and Sky Moore, I don't think anyone should feel great about that group. But also, if you're looking at insert high draft pick or insert Michael Thomas or insert uh, DeAndre Hopkins or anything like that, like if they bring in a marquee name, then you feel a lot better about it. So it also mm-hmm. depends on what they do. So Eric Bieniemy's finally gone uh, at Arrowhead Report. Got a good little piece on it, uh, SI.com. Knowing his time was was at an end, do you feel like that Bieniemy thought that he was going to get a, a head coaching job knowing this would be the end, like he's done what he's had to do, or he was going to leave one way or the other just to get out of Kansas City? I think he did believe that he was going to get a head coaching job, but I also think he was prepared which it sucks, but he was prepared for the alternate universe where he didn't get a head coaching job, and I think he was going to leave either way. And this is something that you're not going to go out and say that because then you're kind of throwing throwing in the towel and waving the white flag to the NFL. Um, but I kind of thought all along, and it's not fair, again, and people have done less and gotten more, uh, both within the Chiefs organization and throughout the NFL, it's pretty obvious that – he needed to go install his system somewhere else and call the place somewhere else and do his thing somewhere else and be Eric the enemy somewhere else. And that somewhere else was not Kansas City. It didn't matter whether it was a really good team with a decent offensive mind or a really bad team with nothing there or kind of a middling team like Washington with a defensive head coach. I think he's kind of hamstrung a little bit because of the quarterback situation in Washington, but they're also an 8-8-1 eight, eight team that has enough pieces on defense to do some stuff. They have a few offensive pieces of wide receiver. Like, they can do a little bit of damage, I think, if they have Sam Howell pan out or if they draft a guy who does well. So I think he knew heading into the year, meaning last season, that he was going to leave one way or another. He obviously had a lot more hope for one outcome than the other. But I truly do believe he was prepared for both. Who do you think casted the longest shadow over Eric Bieniemy, uh, Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes? In other words, who held him back the most? Even though that's a weird way to put it, it's got to be Andy Reid a hundred out of a hundred times, I think. And the only Patrick Mahomes-related thing people talk about with Eric Bieniemy is the spat he had with him in last year's AFC Championship game. And like, I frankly don't care about that. They're competitors. They are. It was a fiery moment in a fiery game between two fiery dudes, and I, I frankly don't care that they occasionally didn't get along. You've seen with Patrick Mahomes' actions and what he said about Eric Bieniemy, how he feels about that guy, um, utmost respect for him. Everyone in the Chiefs organization likes him. Almost everyone who's passed through the Chiefs organization likes him, aside from one particular running back who was clearly over the hill and, and in the doghouse a little bit. Um, but I think it's Andy Reid, and it's he wasn't the primary play caller. People wanted to argue, oh, well, the camera cut over and Eric Bieniemy was mouthing something into, into his headphones. That doesn't mean he was necessarily calling a play, and he was never the primary play caller. He was never going to be the primary play caller. He needed to go, and again, it's not like Matt Nagy. 
was primary play caller. It's not like Doug Peterson was engineering the Chiefs' entire offense. So there, there's elements there that are unfair, but it has to be Andy Reid. And whether it works out or not, this could be – it could derail his career or at least his career as a head coach. It could be something where he ends up back in Kansas City in a few years because things in Washington don't pan out. But regardless of whether it's right or not, he had to go somewhere else, get out of Andy Reid's shadow – and kind of spread his wings and fly, and I think he understood that. Talking to Jordan Foote, talking all things Kansas City sports, talking Chiefs right now. So what does that mean for Matt Nagy? Is he Eric Bieniemy light? I mean, what's going to change for him? Yeah, I, I mean, I think going going outside the organization and having his own offense and his own system and his own head coaching tenure, it's not – people – this is another thing, and I think we talked about this last week or the week before – he wasn't a scrub as a head coach. Like, he had a winning record, and he made the playoffs twice with Mitch Trubisky as his quarterback. So, like, the people who say Matt Nagy was just a downright terrible head coach, that is off base, I think. Was he good necessarily? No, but he wasn't terrible. Um, and I think that experience helps getting anyone. It's kind of that gray area because, yes, he was in the building, but also he was outside the building for several years. So does he count as an external guy? Does he count as an internal guy because he was back for a year? Yes, in theory. Um, but I think he can be different than Eric Bieniemy in that he doesn't have the running back chops, obviously, that Eric Bieniemy had. Um, he thinks differently than Eric Bieniemy. He acts differently than Eric Bieniemy. But as is with anything, it's Andy Reid's offense. It's always going to be Andy Reid's offense. I think there's maybe a little bit of untapped potential that maybe they tweak the passing game a little bit, maybe – Matt Nagy likes more under center stuff. It also depends on personnel. Like if the tight end group is not what they want or the wide receiver group is white, maybe that shifts. So there's a ton of elements that come into play in terms of scheme. But I think in the building, while Matt Nagy does bring a few different elements to the table, at the end of the day, it's going to be up to Andy Reid. Talking to Jordan Foote, at Footnoted on Twitter, uh, you brought up um, Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins and I suppose that would probably uh, get everybody riled up just a little bit when it comes to uh, uh, Chiefs Kingdom and what those guys or one of those guys might look like in a Chiefs uniform. But, frankly, we're just playing fantasy GM here, uh, and the numbers may or may not work there. But that being said, what would make more sense to you, a receiver in the draft or an established receiver signing maybe a one or two year deal kind of like Juju did I think it it makes sense it also depends on who it is man I know that I'm given a lot of it depends type answers but it truly does and if they bring in Michael Thomas my thing is if you have a top four at wideout of Michael Thomas MVS Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony who are you counting on in that group you're counting on all of them, but who can you rely on in that group? MVS mm-hmm. to give you 700 yards and a few big plays. I, I mean, MVS is a wide receiver three, probably in an ideal offense. Sky Moore, while I think he's good, he hasn't proven a ton yet. Kadarius Tony can't stay healthy. Michael Thomas is 29 and can't stay healthy, hasn't been healthy for multiple seasons. So if they do that, while the big name is there and the upside on a one-year maybe $10 million contract with some incentives like Juju is that he really pans out and he's back and he's 
not just the slant guy, but also a top-tier wide receiver, and then he moves on somewhere else. Like, there are stopgap options. I think if they strike out on Juju, then maybe Robert Woods makes a little bit of sense. He looked bad Mm -hmm. in Tennessee, but he also isn't quite ancient yet and was trying to be a wideout number one in a really bad offense with no quarterback or limited quarterback play. Um, So that's an option. Jacoby Myers, maybe they bring him in. To, to help insulate the room, but like you're not looking at a, a bona fide number one. So if you do that, maybe you trade for Hopkins, maybe you draft somebody. And if you're at pick 31 and Quentin Johnston from TCU is there, he's your wideout one on day one. I think if it's uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I know the injury concerns are there and there's minor worries about how he's going to test, but if he does decent athletically at the combine or in this pre-draft process, I think he can replace Juju almost one for one. Maybe it's Zay Flowers if he somehow slides all the way down there. Maybe it's a Josh Downs to be a Hardman light. Maybe you go further down. Like the Chiefs have options in the draft, but you have to strike early in order to get a good replacement, whether that's free agency, trade, or the draft this uh, over the next few weeks and months. Can we also at least acknowledge that some of these um, nagging injuries that these receivers have elsewhere might mysteriously clear themselves up if they're on the Kansas City Chiefs? Kind of like Kadarius Tony. You follow where I'm going? I know yeah. Michael Michael Thomas was legitimately hurt, but really for how long? And what did he have to look forward to when he came back healthy? I think that's the big thing too, and I, I, I just want to. I'm going to get back to this point, but I wanted to bring this up just on the receiver talk. Sure, it's not like Juju Smith-Schuster is has a clean bill of health all the time. Like that dude's kind of injury prone too. But, but back to what we were talking about, I think there's value in simply wanting to go to work and do well and win games. And like the Saints weren't a model of consistency. The quarterback play was inconsistent and, and bad at times after Drew Brees was out. Um, I think Michael Thomas could look a lot different in a new situation. I think DeAndre Hopkins could look really different in a new situation. I think a lot of guys could, and Kadarius Tony's one of them. Like, you can only go based on media narratives and, and thoughts from reporters and thoughts from fans, and I heard from this guy that this guy said this so many times. Before yeah. at the end of the day – there really is value sometimes in simply getting out of the situation you're in and trying something new. And I think Michael Thomas could be that. Now, literally, he might just not have it anymore, which is a total possibility, and he could still have injuries just derail his career. But he also could bounce back and be even 85% of what he was, and he was arguably the best receiver in the NFL. So um, I, I think there's both sides of that coin for the Chiefs. Also, this is assuming he gets cut, but, like, his cap hits fifty nine million bucks next year. He's going to get cut. <laughs> There's no way <laughs> that the Saints keep him. He's obviously going to be uh, designated as a post June first guy. But yeah, I think there's definite value in that for sure. And there probably would have to be a conversation between whomever for Kansas City and these potential guys. That to your point, Jordan, like okay, if you come aboard, and let's just use Thomas or Hopkins as examples. You'd be the closest thing to wide receiver one as that receiver room would have. But we also need to be able to count on you. And we're putting a lot of eggs in your basket. Now, of course, incentive-laden contracts are a nice way to go. But um, be, be honest with us. Be square with us. 
and also know that you're not the alpha male of the offense anymore. It's 15. You were with your old teams, so can we at least come to an agreement that this is how it's going to be moving forward? And I think, Jordan, you never know what you would get response-wise out of these veterans that are, okay, I've gotten my 100-catch seasons, I've had my 1,500-yard receiving seasons, now I'd kind of like a ring. Yeah, it's, it's a lot easier to go from the small guy to the big guy who's getting more uh, options and more targets and a bigger role on a winning team or the the young guy that does it. But when you're 29, 30, 31, and you've been doing everything a certain way for so long, like, yeah, on one hand, I think there is a possibility where hey, DeAndre Hopkins, and I we're just using these guys as examples, says, yeah. Well, I've played with really bad quarterbacks. The, the Arizona thing isn't working. You know, I just want something new. And it does work out. And he's like, I, I want to play for a winner. My, I'll put my ego aside. But these are world-class, you know, former top five or, or in Hopkins' case, maybe if he bounces back, he's top ten again or whatever. Really, really, really good players where you're coming in, you're probably still the second option in the offense. Right, I mean, it's Travis Kelsey first, and maybe your one A, one B, like it was with Tyree Kill. But the ego is a real thing, and I think the Chiefs were able to uh, suppress that a little bit when Tyree Kill was there, and he kind of showed afterwards. He he made the the unfounded claims about low target shares and all that, when in reality he only had a few games in that. Um, that's a risk too. So there's no slam dunk hey, the Chiefs need to do this. Like if Tyree Kill wanted to trade, oh, the Chiefs should trade for someone like Tyree Kill. Like they already got rid of that guy. So now they have to get kind of creative in how they uh, set up that receiver room. Jordan, always good to catch up with you. Next time I promise we'll talk some Royals baseball and we'll work in some pitch clock talk too because I want to get your thoughts on that. But uh, thanks for joining us as always on a Tuesday. Have a great week. We'll talk to you next time, man. Yep. Take care, buddy. You got it. All right, Jordan Foote. There he goes, all things Kansas City sports. All right, um, I have a couple of uh, WSU basketball tickets for the game on Sunday. It's at, it's uh, senior day. It's a 1 o'clock game against USF. Be caller number 4 at 316-669-4996 if you want to go to the game. i got two tickets for you, Shockers and Bulls, Sunday afternoon, senior day, 1 o'clock, 316-669-4996. Caller number four, Shocker Hoops tickets. Ask the host is coming up next. It's 120. The Shane Dennis Show will be right back on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22. Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022 Case IH equipment from CanEquip. Choose from Case IH Cedars, Tillage Tools, and more. Plus five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit CanEquip in Wichita and Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. CanEquip, CanEquip, you. Message and data rates may apply. Do you need a car? 
been shopping only to be turned down because of bad credit, low credit, no credit, bankruptcy, or divorce? Guess what? Today's your lucky day. Because now you can buy a car, truck, or SUV, just about any vehicle. It's true. Bad credit doesn't matter. No credit doesn't matter. Bankruptcy or divorce, it just doesn't matter. As a matter of fact, your job is your ticket to your new vehicle. We're Auto Credit Express, and we've helped thousands of people just like you. Antonio H. told us, great company, got me connected, and the day I went in, I drove off in the car I wanted. 100% worth your time. Need a car? Get started now and drive off as early as today. Just text APPLY NOW to 88909 right now to get started. That's APPLY NOW to 88909. Auto financing the easy way. Text APPLY NOW to 88909. Time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. This event is open to the public, and the championship session will be broadcast live on ESPN3. All session tickets are now on sale, and single session tickets will be available the day of the event. For more information, visit visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. Here in Manhattan, every man is a wildcat. Into the corner for three. Yes, sir! Yes, sir! Join us for the start of a new era. Our next head basketball coach at Kansas State University, Jerome Tang. Be a part of the wildcat journey all season long on your home for Kansas State basketball. Wednesday, Kansas State faces Oklahoma. Hear the tip-off at 7 on the home of the Wildcats, ESPN Wichita 92.3 FM. It is time to leave it all on the mat. For the fourth year in a row, the 66th annual NAIA Wrestling National Championship is coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. 280 of the best collegiate wrestlers in the country will square off for team and individual national championships. The format this year will feature an individual national champion in 10 weight classes, a team championship based on individual finishes, and a double elimination format with the top eight wrestlers in each class earning NAIA All-American honors. All session tickets are on sale. Day of, they'll be on sale the day of. Single session tickets will be between only $15 and $19 if you want to go that particular day. March 3rd and 4th are the days. And the championship session will be live on ESPN3. For more information, head on over to visitwichita.com. That's visitwichita.com. Don't miss it. NAIA Wrestling, the 66th annual national championship, coming to Wichita March 3rd and 4th at Hartman Arena. All right. So we've had a busy day today. My thanks to Jordan Gusky from the Capital Journal, talking KU. And my thanks, as always, to Jordan Foote, talking Kansas City sports. He joins every Tuesday. If you missed either one of those conversations, you like the Jayhawks or the Chiefs, there was plenty of that chatter. So go to ESPNWichita.com and listen to the podcast in case you missed it. That will be up shortly after the Pulse. 
is concluded at around 4 o'clock. Jack does a great job getting the uh, podcast up and going shortly after we're done, and he'll have that interview with Jordan Foote and that interview with Jordan Gusky, no doubt, on the podcast too. ESPNWichita.com is where you can find that. All right, time now for a little Ask the Host. I think I made it clear. Um, MLB, Jack? Ask we got the MLB host. today, yep. Okay, good, good. I'm glad I didn't uh, forget or lose my mind. All right, so Ask the Host, a little bit of uh, who wants to be a millionaire-style trivia as Jack pulls these questions out of who knows where. Uh, but today's category, Major League Baseball. All right, Jack, go. Question number one. Who was the last pitcher with back-to-back 20-win seasons? Wow. You know, I always uh, admonish you for, hey, Jack, if you want to be such and such, you need to know this. This kind of falls into that category. A little bit, yeah. I appreciate that. The last pitcher with back-to-back 20-win seasons? Am I getting that right? You are. It was in 2004 and 2005. Is it Clayton Kershaw? That your final answer. I mean, I got a couple, but... Yeah, that is going to be my final answer. Clayton Kershaw. The, cor- the correct answer is the Houston Astros' Roy Oswalt. OMG. You are kidding me. He was the last one to win 20 games in back-to-back seasons in the 2004-2005 season. That is great. That is not good. That's great. I believe that was also, was it 05 or was it 06? It was 06 when the Astros went to the World Series. So yeah, right. I yeah. think Oswald was still on that Houston team, but didn't win 20 games. Wow. That's a that's solid. Outstanding. Nowhere to go here but down. <laughs> Question <laughs> number two. Who was the last Phillies player to lead the National League in stolen bases? Man, there's one guy that pops up in my head immediately, and it's Jimmy Rollins. Prior to him, who would it be, and how far back are we talking? I'm not going to be able to come up with anybody else, so I'll say Jimmy Rollins. The correct answer is Jimmy Rollins. He had 46 stolen bases in 2001, tied with the Florida Marlins' Juan Pierre. Juan Pierre. Didn't uh, Jimmy Rollins have a hitting streak of some significance? I believe 30, he did as well, yeah. 30-plus games, mm-hmm. yeah. Really underrated player, Jimmy Rollins. Sure was. Question number three. When Jose Abreu won the American League Rookie of the Year in 2014, who was the winner in the National League? Oh, gosh. Very prominent player today. In fact, signed a massive deal in the offseason. Well, if he signed a massive deal, there's a decent chance he's a Padre. So, <laughs> Not a bad guess. Uh, National League ROI. He moved from the National League this year to the AL. I don't know. I'm better with years in the 80s than I am in the 2000s, which is bad. But 
that's where we're at. Who is it? The answer is the notorious late bloomer, Jacob deGrom. Whoa. He won Rookie of the Year, I believe, at 26 years of age in 2014. Something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Two-way guy at Stetson. Yes. Hit, hit too. Very good hit. In addition hitter. to pitching. Yeah, very. Yep. Question number four. Which Cuban-born Hall of Famer wore number 24? Oh, man. Oh, I know. I think I know. Tony Perez? Is that your final answer? No, it's not. Just don't say anything. Damn it. I'll just... This is such a bad game today. What? I'm just saying, I'll ask that after every single question, whether you're right or wrong, if that is your final answer. Yeah, normally, though, you... uh, I'm not as consistent I, with it, but I, I I just wonder if back then, like Tony Perez is an old, and I wonder if back then Cubans were allowed to defect. Uh, not I don't want to say as easy as they are now because it's not easy, but it's easier now. Uh, and I know Tony Perez wore number 24, so I'm going, that is my final answer, Tony Perez. The correct answer is Cincinnati Red great Tony Perez. God, you're giving me Trust anxiety. your gut. I'll ask okay. you that question after each one unless you <laughs> get it in a landslide and just automatically know it. Question yeah, okay. number five. Who is the only player since 2018 to have over 450 RBIs and at least a 400 on base percentage. Jeez. 400 on base in 19, 20, 21, 20. Jeez, 100 RBIs a year and a 400 on base. Mm-hmm. Jeez. High rent district right there. Um. Man, I. This player did win an MVP in that time span. He's been an all-star every single year in that time span as well. And won three Silver Slugger Awards. Did you mention this guy's name in this segment already? I did not. So, I'm just talking to you here then. So, it's not Jose Abreu. It is not Abreu. I guess he doesn't quite get on base enough. I think that would probably be his Correct. issue. He doesn't mm-hmm. he doesn't walk he doesn't walk enough. He knocks in a crap ton of runs, but um won an MVP in there, huh? Won an MVP in two thousand and twenty. Man. My recent baseball knowledge is kinda lacking. Shame on me. I need to start reading some baseball books. Um I don't feel like Trout is healthy enough, but he's all I can think of. So this is a bad guess, but I'm going to go final answer, Mike Trout. The correct answer is Freddie Freeman of the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'll be damned. Talk about a low-key great player. In 2018, Freddie Freeman was an all-star, finished fourth in MVP, won a gold glove in 2019. 
He was an All-Star, finished eighth in MVP, was a Silver Slugger recipient. In 2020, he won the MVP and got the Silver Slugger recipient. In 2021, his final year in Atlanta, he was an All-Star, was ninth in MVP voting, had a Silver Slugger award as well. And last year with the Dodgers, he was an All-Star and finished fourth in MVP voting for the National League. So that's what I was going to ask you. He he did pretty well against the uh, for the Dodgers. Yes, last year he slashed three twenty five, four oh seven, five eleven, with twenty one home runs and a hundred RBIs. Yeah, I guess he did. Okay. Question number six: Dave Winfield was drafted fourth overall in nineteen seventy three. Which Hall of Famer was taken third overall? Ha! <laughs> uh, fun fact. Dave Winfield was drafted in four different sports, pretty sure. Mm. Hall of Famer, drafted ahead of Winfield, 73. This is another good bar bet question. I'm I'll give you a that. hint if needed. I'm going to remember that Roy Oswald one. Yeah, give me a hint. He was drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers. Man, I want to say Robin Yount, but I don't think he's that old. Uh, did he go on to fame with the Milwaukee Brewers also? He did. Or someone else? He, he did? did? Okay. Well, hell. I know I know he was in the big leagues at 19, Yount was. I'll just stick with him. I'll go Robin Yount. Not a lot of conviction behind it, but I'll just say it. Is that your final answer? Yeah, it is. The correct answer is the kid, Robin Yount, who all spent right. all 20 years with the Milwaukee Brewers. He slashed 342, 430, and 772 over the course of 20 years with the Brewers. He also had 251 home runs. Wait, 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 wait. He had a seven-something slug for his career? Excuse me, that was his OPS. He had a 430 oh. slug. That's OPS. Okay. OPS, okay. yes. Okay. Yeah. Right, baseball reference really jams everything together. I was thinking to myself, that's nearly impossible. That's Barry yeah. Bonds. Area as well, yeah. but uh, still a phenomenal career for Robin Yount of no the doubt. Milwaukee Brewers. He was drafted one spot ahead of Dave Winfield. Man, question number seven: Who is the last player to lead his league in RBIs in consecutive seasons, excluding 2020? Last back-to-back RBI champ. Not counting COVID. I can give you a hint as well. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear a hint. This player did so in 2015 and 2016. And if I'm not mistaken, in both of those years, his team missed the postseason. Let me double check on that, though. Okay. It's not a bad hint. Um, Let me go out on a limb and say, if you got to check, then it's probably not who they I'm were, thinking They of. did not make the postseason either of those years. In the 2015 year, they were 68-94. In the 2016 year, they were 75-87. and 87. They are notoriously known for their offense, though. Okay. I was going to say Stanton when he was with the Marlins, but that would kind of disqualify him there. What? 15 and 16, the years? 15 and 16, correct. Um, I'm going to say, gosh, 
think he was more of a leadoff guy. How about Charlie Blackman from the Brewers? Final answer. Well, to point it out there, Charlie Blackman did not play for Milwaukee, but the correct answer is his former teammate, Nolan Arenado, who had 130 in 2015 and 133 in 2016. I'm an idiot. Uh, What's that got to do with Milwaukee? I didn't say that. You said former Brewer, right? No. I thought you said former Brewer. I thought I said former Leadoff, I thought you said former Brewer, Charlie Blackman. By the way, I was like, oh, you're thinking in the right area. Thinking no, when you area. said when you said offense, I'm like, all right, what what Rocky? Rocky, bunch of runs, but he's not. We'll have to go back anymore. to the podcast. <laughs> See what you said. <laughs> I can't remember what I said 15 <laughs> seconds ago, and neither can you. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm I'm, th- I'm already, I was looking ahead at the next questions that I had for you, but either way, <laughs> it was Nolan Arenado who had 130 for the Rockies in 2015 and 133 in 2016. He's the last player to lead his league in RBIs in consecutive seasons, excluding the 2020 COVID year. All right. Question number eight. Who was the last pitcher to win his 300th career game while wearing a Mets uniform? Another good question. Got his 300th win as a Met. You know, can you... Give me a year? Or would that give 2007 oh. is when he got this 300th win. Oh, man. You're killing me today. These are these are these are low-key tough questions. Um in 2007? 2007. How about give me uh where was his where did he make his most hay? Where was his? He was an Atlanta bread Brave. buttered. Okay. He spent over fifteen years in Atlanta, five oh, with wow. the Mets. Was it? Uh, was it Tom Glavin? Is that your final answer? Mm, I guess. I think I'm off, but the correct answer is Tom Glavin. He did so on August sixth. 2007 and in that year for the Mets at age 41 Glavin went 13 and 8 with a 4.45 ERA in 34 starts also through 203rd innings which is I would consider incredibly impressive for for a man at the age of 41 he also went back to Atlanta in 2008 but only made 13 starts over 63 in a third innings question number nine who holds the AL slash NL record for the most starts in a season as a teenager, which would mean under the age of 20? Somewhat modern era. This was pre-1940. Oh, so I guess not. Uh, Joe Nuxhall. Final answer? Yeah. Correct answer is Bob Feller, who who made 36 starts as a 19-year-old in 1938. And lastly, question number 10. Who was the last pitcher to lead the major leagues in strikeouts in back-to-back seasons? Hint if needed. 
Is he still active? He is. And he just signed a big-time contract this offseason. I'm going to go Justin Verlander. Final answer. The correct answer is Justin Verlander, who did so for the Detroit Tigers in 2011 and 2012. That's kind of a kind of a bumpy ride right there, but uh, it could have been worse considering the way it started. All right, it's 142, the final day of February. I'm old Jack Young, and it's coming up to you next courtesy of Enhanced Wellness of Derby. And, and let me remind you that it's brought to you by Enhanced Wellness of Derby, who can make you feel young again with their top program testosterone optimization program enhanced wellness locally owned you can find them online at enhancedwellnessderby.com or call or text them 316-358-9780 that's 358-9780 enhanced wellness of derby brings you i'm old jacks young next you're listening to the shane dennis show on espn wichita 92.3 fm What do people with blindness or low vision need to live to the fullest? Just ask them. It's skill development, scientific breakthroughs, knowledge-based jobs, and the same opportunities as everyone else. When you give to Envision, whether it be your time, donations, or your engagement, you make it all possible. That's because at Envision, they don't focus on the disability. They value the ability. They choose not to envision a world without sight, but to envision a world where people who are blind or visually impaired are empowered to reach their full potential. Learn more at EnvisionUS.com. When it comes to making plans for next year, it's time to think new for 22. Take advantage of the season's best pricing on model year 2022, Case IH equipment from CanEquip. Choose from Case IH cedars, tillage tools, and more. Plus five years of an AFS Connect subscription with purchase on select equipment. Visit CanEquip in Wichita and Hutchinson, your Case IH Red Zone sponsor. Paid for by Bar Justice. Attention. Have you or a loved one been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months? The FDA has warned that Zantac and other medications containing heartburn drug, ranitidine, may be contaminated with cancer-causing agent NDMA. Zantac may be linked to these cancers, bladder, colorectal, esophageal, intestinal, kidney, liver, ovarian, pancreatic, stomach, testicular, and uterine. If you or a loved one have been diagnosed with cancer after using Zantac or other heartburn medications for several months, call now. 800-516-9931. Never stop taking medication without first consulting a physician. Call right now for a free consultation. You may be owed significant compensation. Call 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. That's 800-516-9931. 800-516-9931. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Valvoline Advanced can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $38.99. Go farther with better fuel efficiency. Get the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. 
Hi, this is Brian Davis with Davis Liquor Outlet. And this is Blake Davis with another great deal on Miller Lite 16-ounce, 24-pack cans, just $27.99. And don't forget about Seagram 7 1.75 liters, only $18.99. Davis Liquor Outlet, each store independently owned and operated. Excludes 31st Meridian. What's up, Wichita? I'm Pat Strompman, and I'm inviting you to tune in to my show, The Pulse, every weekday from 2 to 4 on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. If it's a hot local sports topic, you best believe it will be talked about on our show. On top of that, we'll have special guests. We'll have audio from people that you want to hear from. And we'll mix in some funny bits as well. Locking in right now, the polls 2 to 4 on weekdays on ESPN Wichita, 92.3 FM. Ladies up in here tonight, no fighting. We got the refugees No fighting. No fighting. Shakira, Shakira. I never really knew that she could dance like this. Hey. She make a man want to speak Spanish. Como se llama? Bonita. Shakira, Shakira. Shakira. Oh, baby, when you talk like that. Uh, I'm like a woman go mad. I was going to say, why so about Gina? Nice. Me out there. But I wanted to play this song just because. No, that's okay. You're more than welcome to. I'm on tonight and my head's still right. And I'm starting to feel it's right. Who's the dude? White Glove Jean? This guy. What's the song called? Hips Don't Lie. <laughs> I concur. Alright. A uh, little more of a redeemer there. Uh, thanks to Jack for teeing me up after he thought he teed me up yesterday with Blake Shelton. And, you know. You know how that worked out. Uh, I'm old Jack Young, 147. It's Feb 28. Told Jack before the show started, it was an excellent day for birthdays. So we're about to find out. Because Luka Doncic is 24. Basketball. More Mav. I was going to give you a hint. <laughs> if, uh, he's born in Slovenia. Not former Mav, excuse me, current Mav. Current Mav, yep. <laughs> Former rookie of the year, former MVP. My brain was, I was looking at the computer trying to look at an email. Rick and I go, oh, wait, I'm up. You know, I hate to uh, stereotype, but I got Luka Doncic and Nikola Jokic mixed, mixed up, up far, far too easily. They're best friends. Are they really? Yeah. Luka okay. was, I believe, like the only non-family member invited to his birthday party or something like that, or that only non-nugget. Does that mean they're both from Slovenia, probably? I think so. Maybe? Serbia? I think they're both from Serbia. Okay. Let me double check on Luka. No, Luka is from Slovenia. Slovenia, yeah. So, yeah. Well, then Nikola's from Serbia. So they probably played on all-star teams, maybe, growing up together. Or maybe they just are big fans. Found each other, yeah. Played each yeah. other in the, I guess yeah. that'd be the European circuit. Yeah. Under 19 euro. 16, 17, 18 euro. Whatever, old. yeah. Good chance of that. Tayshawn Prince is 43. Ah, former Piston. Yes. Born in Compton, Ooh. California. That's a bad dude right there. Mm-hmm. I actually don't remember. There's a couple of guys that are from Compton in, uh, in the NBA. I'm trying to think of and also in the NFL. There's only a few, though. Uh, let's see here. Jamal Tinsley, 45. I think former Iowa State Cyclone, right? That's right. That's right. Born in Brooklyn. So you got Brooklyn and Compton. DeMar DeRozan's from Compton. 
Ooh, okay, good call. Tyson Chandler as well. Eric Lindros, 50. Baseball? Need a hint? Yes, I do. Born in London, Ontario. Oh, boy. Uh, Let's go. Men hockey. Canada, yes. He's one of the best ever to lace him up, Jack. Eric Lindros, 50. Don't forget. Ever again. Never will. Next, February 28th. I got to get it. You better nail it. (laughs) J.T. Snow is 55. See, I do know this one. I'm going to go baseball. Yeah, he's former Angels and Giants first baseman. J.T. Snow. You're right, Texter. He shouldn't need a hint on Eric Lindros. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just not that experienced in in the hockey world. Take him to task, Texters. Hey, they also pointed out, though, that you said Brewer. Yeah, I don't. I ain't buying that. I think I thought it was funny that you got deny. some help there. <laughs> deny, deny. That's the bad part. That's the good part and the bad part about the text line, the, inter- the internet. No, be- the the podcast. Oh, the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't lie. I can clip it and play it off Cool Edit tomorrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Billick is sixty-nine. Football. Yeah. Adrian Dant, Adrian Dantley, sixty-eight. This is tougher. I'll go. So, is it a big four? Oh yeah. Oh boy. Adrian Dantley. This is a male. It's not a female. Adrian Dantley is a guy. He's born in Washington D.C. Yeah, yeah. Won Olympic gold in nineteen seventy-six, and then went on to. Big time fortune and fame with the Utah Jazz. He eventually played on the Bad Boy Pistons, and they traded him for Mark Aguirre. Mark Aguirre. Because Adrian Dantley wanted the ball more. And Isaiah and Lambeer and Rodman and those guys were like, beat it. So they traded him. Born on this day, now dead, Bubba Smith. Died in 2011. I'll take a couple of different correct answers I'll for go Bubba Smith. On this one. Yes, football, and he was an actor in Police Academy. Seen that oh, movie? I haven't. Okay. Yeah, Police Academy texture. And now textures are piling on me. He said Brewer because I was like, this guy is a real <laughs> sports show host and baseball player, and he doesn't know. All right, all right, enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, I respect the hell out of that text. We're nothing if not honest. We're we're honest. And I if I screw up and I realize it I'll say. Uh Mario Andretti is 83. Not a big 4. Born in Italy. Great fame though in this uh oh boy. In this sport. Well, Mario Andretti. How about Formula One. Yeah, good. Won the Indy 500 back in the day. Formula One world champion, 1978. Very good. Here's somebody that everybody needs to uh, YouTube, but not at work. Because this is not safe for work. Born on this day, now dead, Bill Haller. He died last year. 
He's a former umpire, Jack. And when you get a chance, or anybody else gets a chance at your home computer, where you won't get in trouble, you need to YouTube Earl Weaver rant. Oh, yes. And this is the game where he gets kicked out and then goes back and back and back. Bill Haller is the umpire that he's arguing with. And Bill Haller is as legendary in this uh, little clip as Earl Weaver is. It's awesome. Treat yourself. You're going to the Hall of Fame? For what? Yeah, that's Bill Haller for screwing up World Series. That's him. Uh, Also born on this day, now dead, Hayden Fry died in 2019. Let's go football. Yes, he was a former Iowa football coach. From ninety, uh, from uh, seventy nine to ninety eight, was at SMU for a little bit, North Texas State for a little bit, but then most famously at Iowa, died in two thousand nineteen. Uh, what was the what was the TV show where Craig T. Nelson played the football coach? Uh, coach, right? Yeah, his name is Hayden Fox, and he was named after Hayden Fry. Fun fact. Craig T. Nelson's also the voice of Mr. Incredible. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted my son to like The Incredibles. Oh, loved it. So I could keep watching it over and over. Yeah, fantastic. He was was just okay on it, though. I probably only saw it twice or three times. Mentioned earlier today, dying on this day, Irv Cross. We talked about him in the very first segment died on this day last year at the age of 81 and dying of a heart attack at the age of 48 in 2015 jack anthony mason you remember him football right yeah no 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 Whoa. anthony mason former uh, nick and charlotte hornet uh-huh. enforcer checked out man eight years ago today all right there you go there is your show coming up tomorrow we have what a moment and we'll probably need to talk a little K-State basketball because they play OU tomorrow at 6 o'clock. Stick around. Overtime tonight at 6. That's after the program, and that's after the Pulse, which is coming up next with old Pat. So stay there. <laughs>